Now hear the word of the Lord from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other called Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorstep of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah, and Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. Good morning, Lakeview Church. This is a special day for us for several reasons. Uh, first, this is the opportunity that I have for the very first time to share the word of God with you as your lead pastor. And I am so excited and honored by the opportunity that you have given me to come alongside you uh, in this season at Lakeview Church. 
As I think about Lakeview Church, I realize that Lakeview is a great church with a godly heritage. I look back over the history of Lakeview Church and I realize that there are uh, so many wonderful leaders, both pastor and lay, that have invested, sacrificed, given time, talent, and treasure to see Lakeview Church become everything that God wants her to be. And I'm grateful for that heritage. Most recently, I'm thankful for Pastor Lenny Lucchetti, who stepped into Lakeview during a very difficult time as the staff and congregation were grieving from the loss of Pastor Tim McClellan. Pastor Lenny answered the call. Uh, There are probably other people maybe who wouldn't have taken this assignment on, but Pastor Lenny did. He faithfully uh, preached the word. He faithfully loved this congregation over the past year. And I just want to take a moment to give a very personal and uh, uh, public thank you to Pastor Lenny for the work that he has done. Uh, As I think about Pastor Lenny, I know that if we were all gathered in the same room this morning, you'd want to applaud and thank him for the work that he has done among us over this last year. But unfortunately, that's not the case today. We're still spread out. We're still distanced away from one another. So I just want to let you know that when we start gathering again publicly, at some point in the not too distant future, we're going to invite Pastor Lenny and his family back And we're going to have Pastor Lenny share the word of God with us on a Sunday morning. And we're going to throw a party for him. Uh, He might not like that, but we're going to do it anyway. Because it's important for us as a church to honor the leaders that God has given to us. And honor the work that they've done among us. So we're going to say thank you to Pastor Lenny and his family in the not too distant future as a church. And I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment in this first message to just also express my deep, deep gratitude for the leadership of Pastor Tim McClellan. I know that uh, over the decade or so prior to Pastor Lenny stepping in, uh, Pastor Tim faithfully led this church. Pastor Tim took over Lakeview when it was going through a difficult season of another sort, and he uh, faithfully steered and steadied this church through that season because he believed that God had a future for Lakeview, and he wanted to see that future uh, come to its full realization. Uh, I didn't have a chance to know Pastor Tim very well, but we did have a few opportunities to sit down together late in 2018 and early in 2019, Pastor Tim and I got to share a couple meals together and we got to spend a little bit of time in his office on a couple different occasions having some conversations together. Those few times that we met, I think once at Cracker Barrel and once at Casa Brava and the couple times in his office, they weren't enough time for me to say or claim that I knew him well. But even in those few conversations that we had together, I discovered something that was very clear about Pastor Tim. He loved the Lord and he loved Lakeview Church. More than anything else, Pastor Tim wanted to see Lakeview Church become everything that God desired for her to be. And I wanted to just take a moment in this message to say thank you to Pastors Tim and Pastors Lenny because of the way that they have uh, led this church over this last season so that Lakeview could become everything God wants her to be. And I wanna just publicly say before you this morning that I'm committing before God and before you as the congregation of Lakeview Church that I will do everything that is within my power with God's help to help Lakeview Church fulfill the mission of God in our city, in our county, 
in our nation and in our world. I want to see Lakeview Church, like you do, become everything God dreams for her to be. I want to see this church become a church that makes more and more disciples who make disciples of Jesus Christ. And I want to see Lakeview Church participate in the mission of God where the church is expanding here and around our nation and in other parts of the world so that God's kingdom can come and God's will can be done and he can be glorified. So I just want to make that commitment before you today as I recognize that I'm standing on the shoulders of those who have come before me. And I want to do my part to be faithful to the legacy that they have left behind here at Lakeview Church. And I want to see us go into the future that God has for us. Now, it's also a special day, not just because it's my first Sunday to share the word of God with you as your pastor, but also because it's the launch of 21 Days of Prayer. We're uh, turning our attention over these next few weeks to really seeking God for this new season of ministry that is in front of us. I know that you've been praying over this last year throughout the pastoral search process, and, uh, and I know that you've been faithful in doing that. In fact, I have a whole stack of notes that the kids wrote to me last summer as they did a prayer walk around the campus. They wrote notes to the future pastor, and I've been enjoying reading those over the last few weeks as I've been transitioning into this role here. But I know that you've been praying that way, but I want to encourage us to pray a different way over the next three weeks, that we would begin praying for the future that God wants us to pursue as a congregation. We're going to devote the next 21 days to seeking God's favor, direction, blessing, and anointing on the work that he wants us to do. And the reason we're doing this is because as we move into the summer, later in the summer and into the fall, we're going to begin a vision discernment process as a congregation. We're going to start working together to, to really discover and articulate a picture of where God wants this church to be five years from now. And all of us are going to participate in that work. Later in the summer, early in the fall, we're going to begin having focus groups. Those groups will have about 15 people in them, and those groups will meet for about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. I'm going to bring a set of questions, the same questions, to every focus group, and you'll have an opportunity as congregation members to, to really speak in to the life of the church. We want to hear your perspective on the church. We want to hear what God's stirring in your heart, or maybe some dreams that God's placed in your heart for the future of Lakeview. And we want every single person, members and non-members, if you've been coming here for 50 years or you've been coming here for five minutes, we want every single person who's a part of Lakeview Church to speak in to the vision that God's calling us to. So we're going to be doing that. But before we do that, it's important for us to seek God in prayer. And that's what 21 Days of Prayer is all about. So we're inviting you over the next 21 days to spend at least a little bit of your day praying for the future of Lakeview Church. There's a prayer guide that you can download on our website, lakeviewwestland.org. You can find the prayer guide there. The prayer guide consists of a schedule for these next 21 days. Each day has a prayer theme where we're going to focus our prayers that day. Each day has some scripture passages that you can read that go along with that theme. And then a couple of sentences that will guide and direct your prayers on that day. And our hope and prayer is that we will all be united together as a congregation, praying the same thing, seeking God together. And we believe that if that happens, God will hear our prayers and he will answer us and he will meet us there and he will begin to guide and direct us into the future. So I want to encourage you 
to participate fully in the 21 days of prayer. Now, some of you might be saying, well, I could do that on my own, but I sure would like to know that I'm doing it with other people. Well, since we can't get together for prayer during this time, I wanna encourage you to join us at 10 a.m. every morning during the 21 days of prayer uh, so that you can join us in a prayer time. We'll read the scriptures for the day. We'll focus our attention on the theme and then we'll pray together. So you can join us on Facebook 10 a.m. every day during the 21 days of prayer. We wanna encourage you to do that. Of course, the only days that we won't be doing that on Facebook are Sundays because we're gonna be having worship service together right here at 1030 online and you'll have an opportunity to pray with us uh, here in the service. So we wanna encourage you again, make this a priority over the next 21 days uh, because it's gonna be important for us to seek God as we start this new ministry season. Now, it's a special day for one more reason. Today is Mother's Day. And this is a day where we set aside to honor our mothers, those people who have invested in us, who have helped us become the people that we are. For some of us, Mother's Day can be a little bit of a challenge because some of us have a relationship with our mom, maybe that's strained or distant. Some of us look to a relationship with a mother that we just don't have. It doesn't exist. And it's a little painful for us to walk through a day like this. Still others of us find ourselves remembering our moms because they've already passed away. And Mother's Day for us has just a little twinge of grief in it because they're not here with us on this day. But for most of us, we get to honor those mothers who are in our lives. And so if you're sitting near a mother right now, why don't you just give them a high five or even better, just give them a big hug and just let them know how much you love them and how much you appreciate them for who they are and for the investment that they've made in your life. We wanna encourage you to honor our mothers today. Now, as I think about 21 days of prayer and I think about mothers, my mind, as I was thinking about the message for today, went directly to the person of Hannah because Hannah was a praying mother we read the passage just a little bit ago and Zach did a great job sharing that passage with us even though it had some very difficult names. I promise you I wasn't trying to be mean to him. I just wanted us to hear that story before we got into the message today. As we think about Hannah praying for a child, we, we learn some things from her prayer and there are things that I think we can carry into these 21 days of prayer that will help us faithfully seek God during these days. Hannah's story is a bit of an interesting one because her husband actually has two wives. It was a little bit of a different culture than we're used to here in 21st century North America. But, but her husband had two wives. One of those wives had children, but Hannah didn't have any children. And in that day and time, for Hannah to be a woman married to a man and not have any children was actually a disgrace. It was actually a bit of dishonor for her to be in that kind of situation. And to make matters worse, the other wife was constantly ridiculing Hannah for the situation that she found herself in. This was a difficult place for Hannah. But as she finds herself in this circumstance and in this situation, what does she do? She turns to the Lord in prayer. And she issues in 1 Samuel chapter 1 what I think is a beautiful prayer full of some lessons that we might carry with us into these 21 days of prayer. So think of this as not a message to mothers on Mother's Day. Think of this as lessons we learn from a praying mother that all of us can incorporate into our prayer lives during these next 21 days. So as we think about Hannah's prayer, one of the things that I noticed right away is that Hannah's prayer was full 
of honesty. I love the fact that Hannah doesn't take time to uh, try to beef up her spiritual language to make her seem more religious than she really is or to somehow sugarcoat what she's talking about to the Lord. No, she uses simple and straightforward language to speak to the Lord about the issue she's bringing before him. As we begin 21 days of prayer, I want to encourage all of us not to feel like we need to somehow become more religious in our language or be super spiritual or sugarcoat what we're saying. No, we can be honest and authentic with the Lord. We can tell him what's on our heart. We can tell him what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing as we think about the future of our church. And we can just lay it out before him. That's what he invites us to do in prayer. So I want to encourage all of us to learn from Hannah and to incorporate honesty, full honesty, into our prayers during these 21 days. Hannah's prayer was also full of fervency. I don't know if you notice in this passage, but it says that she wept bitterly before the Lord. This tells me that she had a deep feeling about what she was praying about. And and it's obvious why she had this deep feeling. If she was really living in disgrace, if she was being ridiculed and facing kind of torment because she didn't have children and she goes to the Lord to ask for a child, she desperately wants God to give her that child. And so she's crying out to the Lord with passion and with fervency. It's almost as if she's begging God, pleading with him to give her this child that she so desperately longs for. My prayer for us, my hope for us over these next 21 days as we pray for the future of Lakeview Church is that we too would have a fervency in our prayers that we would find ourselves on our face before God, begging and pleading with God to do his work here at Lakeview Church. More than anything else, we need a fresh move of God in this place, in our community, and in our world. And I'm calling us to fervently seek God in these 21 days and plead with him to move and pour out his spirit on us during this time. We need him to work in our midst. So I hope that our prayers will be full of honesty, full of fervency. Third, Hannah's prayer was full of boldness. I love the fact that the priest sees Hannah from where he's sitting. And as he looks at her, he wonders maybe if she's crazy or drunk even because he's watching her pray and she's praying so passionately, so fervently, so so much from the depth of her soul that her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. And as she's praying in that way, The priest wonders to himself if maybe she's a little off her rocker or maybe she's had a little bit too much to drink before she's come to the prayer time. But the reality is, is that none of that was true. Hannah was just boldly coming before God, seeking him as she was laying her request before him and asking God to give her a child. Many of the themes that we're gonna be praying with over the next 21 days, we don't have to wonder if they're in God's will for Lakeview Church. We can know that they are in God's will for Lakeview Church. So we can pray boldly that God would do these things that we know he wants to do in our midst. For example, one of the days we're gonna ask God to unify us as a congregation. And we know that God wants us to be one so that the world will know that we are his disciples because of the love we have for each other. One of the days we'll pray for God to help us be a disciple-making church where people will come to know who Jesus is and they'll decide to follow him for the rest of their lives. We don't need to wonder if God wants to do that. We know that God wants to do that. So when we come to the moment of prayer, we can pray boldly 
because we know what God wants to do. So I want to encourage you, pray with honesty, pray with fervency, and pray with boldness, just like Hannah did. There's one more characteristic, and I think it's the most important one, and it's the characteristic of surrender. Hannah's prayer was full of surrender. She didn't ask for a child just so she could be a mother. She didn't ask for a child just so she would have someone to take care of or to have someone to accompany her. No, she prayed for a child so that she could give that child back to the Lord. I love the way she prays. God, if you'll give me a son, I will give him back to you so that he can live for the Lord all of the days of his life. That's what she prayed for because she was praying a prayer of surrender. And the reason this is important is because surrender is a gateway into the favor of God. We know that Hannah prays for a child and we know that God remembers Hannah and gives her a son. And that son was Samuel. And if you know anything about Samuel's story, you'll know that God favored this young man from the from his earliest days and prepared him and equipped him and positioned him and then used him to be one of the most influential characters in the Old Testament story of God. Why? Because a mother prayed a prayer of surrender before that child was ever even conceived. Surrender is a gateway to God's favor. And we see this theme all throughout scripture. We see it when Abraham takes Isaac in Genesis 21 and and is willing to sacrifice his only son, the, the, the son that God gave him, the one son that he loves. He's willing to do that because God asks him to do it. And when God sees his willingness, God stops the sacrifice provides a ram for the offering uh, to, to be offered to God. And then he reiterates his promise to Abraham. He says, Abraham, now I know that you trust me. And I just want to remind you, Abraham, you're not just going to be the father of one son. You're going to be the father of many nations. Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Surrender was a gateway to God's favor. We see it in this New Testament story where the little boy brings his lunch to Jesus. Remember, there was a multitude of people, thousands of people that Jesus needed to feed. And there was a little boy who had a lunch that he brought to Jesus. And Jesus took the lunch. He blessed it. He broke it. And he started handing out the food. There was plenty of food to feed all of those thousands of people. And there were leftovers. The little boy's willingness to surrender his lunch to God and let God bless it, break it, and use it open the door for God's favor to be poured out and that multitude to be fed. And of course, there's the prayer of Jesus before his crucifixion when he says, Lord, if there's any way that this cup could pass from me, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And of course, that prayer of surrender led to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which provides life and salvation and hope for all of humanity. Surrender is a gateway to the favor of God. So when we pray over these 21 days of prayer, we must pray with a surrendered heart. Because if we really want to see God's favor poured out on Lakeview Church, we can't hold on to anything in our lives or or in our church. We have to lay it all before God and surrender it to him so that he can do whatever he wants to do with it. Surrender is a gateway to the favor of God. 
I want to be real clear. Just because we surrender, it doesn't mean that somehow we're manipulating God or pulling levers to make God favor us. But I can tell you this, that if we refuse to surrender to God, if we hold anything back from him, we are certainly blocking the favor of God. God can't use what we don't surrender to him. So we need to take a posture of surrender during these days. So I want to encourage you again one more time to engage with us in this 21 days of prayer. We want to seek God together. We want his direction. We want his favor. We want his wisdom. We want his blessing. We want his anointing. May we pray prayers of honesty and fervency and boldness. But most importantly, may we pray prayers of surrender. Let us not in these 21 days hold on to our stuff. Let us not hold on to our possessions. Let us not hold on to our lives or our families or our places where we work or our schools. Let us not even hold on to our church. Let us take everything that God has blessed us with and let us surrender it before the Lord because that is where it belongs. Remember, everything we have comes from God and everything that we have belongs to God and everything that we have is going back to God someday. So let us just surrender it. Let us give it over to him fully. Let us take whatever God has blessed us with, our lives, our work, our schools, our family, our homes, everything. Let's just give it back to him in full surrender. And let's let's ask God to bless it, to break it, to use it, to spread his kingdom and his message and his truth and his work all around our community and all around our world so that his kingdom can come and his will can be done and he can get all of the glory. And so as we close today, I wanna just pray for you to that end, that we would find ourselves in this 21 days of prayer surrendered fully to God. So join me in prayer. Father, we come before you in this moment. And whatever we can think of that we possess, whatever we have, whatever you have given to us, our lives, our families, our homes, our work, our schools, our church. We give it all back to you. We simply say, not our will, but yours be done. It belongs to you. It's all for you. And it's all because of you. So we just simply surrender it to you. And we're asking in this moment, God, that over these 21 days of prayer, we would find ourselves on our faces, praying with honesty and fervency and boldness. But most importantly, may we find ourselves praying with surrender that God, you can have it all and you can bless it and you can break it and you can use it however you want to so that your kingdom can come and your will can be done and your name can be glorified. So we pray these things today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.